note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Thin men got no reason. Thin men got no reason. Thin men got no reason to live. They got thin hands and thin eyes And they walk around telling great big lies They got thin noses and tiny thin teeth They wear platform shoes on their nasty thin feet Well I don't want no thin man <laughs> Don't want no thin man Don't want no thin man round here and actually, we do want thin men around here. Actually, that sounds really bad. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go. It. Let's bring them all in. Let's bring all the thin men over. <laughs> bring them over. This is... <laughs> and this is Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we're on adventure to watch a century of cinema, year by year, decade by decade. I got that wrong. <laughs> go back again. Decade <laughs> by decade, year by year. <laughs> And welcome to Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we're on adventure to watch a century of cinema, decade by decade, year by year. I'm one half your host, Lena Delaney, and with me is... Hello, I'm Ollie Jones. And also we're joined by our good, 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 good friend. That's me, I'm Brandon Khan. Hello. Hello. Hi! <laughs> How you doing, buddy? You good? I was good until that song happened. What was that? I, I, yeah, that was pretty sweaty. I'm not sure what was going on there. Is that a song that I should know? Yeah, I was it's like, a, what is that? It's a Randy Newman song. Oh, well, then, okay. well, then I'm definitely, I'm definitely not going to know it then. I only know like his Toy Story song. Your, uh, your Randy, yeah, your Randy Newman impression is terrible. You gotta be more like this. I'm fucking Randy Newman. Really got to lean into it. That's pretty good. Thank you. Did, Ra did Randy Newman do the music for Parenthood? Have I made that up? I've, I've no idea. I've actually no clue. I know he did the music to Toy Story. <laughs> That's yeah. where my Randy Newman knowledge stops. <laughs> and he has a song called Short People, which is about short people. Well, uh, okay, now I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you see. Nope. Look, makes sense. look. That, that came to me when I was on the commuter train home from London today and right. suddenly remembered that I agreed to do a podcast. Right. And then I, <laughs> and I forgot why I agreed to do a podcast today. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to do an intro. And then I was like, what songs have Thin Man in them? And I couldn't think of any of them. So I just came up with Randy Newman instead. Right. That's okay. how it works, right? That's, that's logical. I think that makes total sense now that you've explained yeah. it. Sure. And that the explanation took as long as the song did. <laughs> and he did do the music for Parenthood, so I'm quite chuffed I remember. Oh, well done, Ollie. <laughs> Great. He did the music for James and the Giant Peach as well. Welcome okay. to the Randy Newman Show. This is a podcast about <laughs> Randy Newman. Where we actually know nothing about Randy Newman. And we just kind of we, make yep, uh, yeah. Each week we're going to find out more about Randy Newman. What film I'm, did he sing songs for? <laughs> all I, I know that he loves Los Angeles, and that's about the end of it. Oh, I love right. LA. He does love LA. Can we move on from Randy Newman? Please. <laughs> so he did. He um, did see Biscuit meet the Fockers. He, he did not do. He did not do the Thin Man though. He did he Maverick. Did the thin Man. 
You did Awakenings. Ollie, stop. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Porridge. He did Marriage Story, which is more recently. But okay, carry on. Continue. I don't want to. <laughs> I can okay. tell you more about Randy Newman. You no, you don't need no, to do that. No, no, no. No. <laughs> I'm done with number one Randy Newman podcast. I just your checking. <laughs> yep. Ollie. I c- yes. What have you been watching? Oh, uh, not a great deal because I'm knee deep in plasticine again, as usual. Uh, but uh, I have watched some TV that I could talk about. Uh, I've watched The Last of Us, the first couple of episodes of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of you have watched it. Not yet. No, not yet. But Sorry. I'm a big fan of the game. I have to admit, it's like I, whenever I play games, I don't play them for the story because video game stories normally suck. I just play them because they're fun to play. But The Last of Us for me is a game that the story actually kind of works. And if you don't know it, it's like a it's a horror kind of. Uh, a post-apocalyptic story where it's not zombies it's kind of that you know that weird fungal infection that infects ants it's like that but it kind of takes over humans but that's kind of like the just the background to the the story and it's all about kind of the humans in it which is what they always say like the walking dead it's always about the humans are the real victim the the real enemies of the story but it's true what but, uh, but um if you look closely uh, you'll see the real problem is capitalism <laughs> exactly. what but like um it's actually not too bad so far i mean you know it's it's pretty good it's pretty faithful to the game but it's kind of adding a few extra elements and um pedro pascal is pretty good as the lead character joel uh, does he get to keep his jaunty mustache yeah he's, he has got a wit no he's got more facial hair because joel in the in the game has got a full big beard he's a bit more josh broliny looking in the game no but why would you ever and, make and, him not have a mustache and but he's he has the mustache but he's but because he's got kind of a patchy beard anyway so it's kind of like it's just like little thin wisps of a beard with like his mustache but um, welcome to the pedro pascal's mustache podcast yeah. this would not even be the number one of those i'm sure <laughs> no but to be fair though he's <laughs> He's really, really good as Joel, the main character, and um, Bella Ramsey plays Ellie, the, the the lead female character, and she's really good as well. Like, so I've got high hopes for this show, and it's it's. Uh, I think the lead guy on it is the guy who did Chernobyl. I don't know if you guys watched Chernobyl. I did watch yeah. Chernobyl, I and Chernobyl. I think that was pretty good. And that uh, was solid. You can see seeds of that coming through, it and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And in terms of films, I'm kind of waiting till this videos over because as i've probably talked about on the podcast i like to if i watch a film i like to properly watch it and if i have other stuff going on in my brain or i'm working i can't focus on anything so i've just been sticking on old films so last night i watched uh, scott pilgrim for the first time in about 10 years and I, i have to i think that film still holds up i really enjoy it i think if i was to watch it for the first time now as a nearly 40 year old i'd probably hate the fuck out of it but I could put. I, I, I disagree. I think it's still good. I, I think, think it's some great. of some of the lines are a bit cringy. Or sure, I sure. I mean, the main character is a douche, but he's meant to be a douche. Anyway. Yeah, he's supposed to be a douche, but I st- <laughs> I still enjoy it. And I, like, it kind of reminds me of when me and Lena used to like. Lena got me into the comic book about. It's probably nearly twenty years ago now. Lena was like, "You should read this book, Scott Pilgrim." And I remember picking it up and. Um, I it's kind good. Of, it's like, got people in it. Yeah. <laughs> But Lena will probably attest this, and probably Brandon as well. But if I like something, I really go hard on it. And yeah, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, if I like something, because I'll start making things about it. So I make <laughs> yeah, sculptures yeah. of Scott Pilgrim and stuff like that back in the day. And 
so yeah, it was good. I had a good time watching it, and then I stuck on the making of. So I was sitting on my uh, office floor making this truck for this music video that me and Brandon are working on, uh, watching Scott Pilgrim. So I had a good time. I had a good time. <laughs> That's have it, really. Nothing needs to report. Have you seen Edgar Wright's new uh, McDonald's commercial? What he's done a what? Did he do that one with the, the the workers coming down the steps? Uh, the one with the eyebrows. What's that one? No, I haven't seen that one. They're kind of like, it's to the song that's in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And um, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's Edgar Wright. Yeah. And it's just people like lifting their eyebrows, like suggestively to that. Oh, song. to the to the music. Oh, okay. Apparently, it's work since. Scott not Bill a fan. <laughs> not a not a fan of Edgar Wright doing that. No, apparently. <laughs> Netflix are doing an animated series of Scott Pilgrim where they're going to adapt the books more faithfully. Apparently, that's in the works, so that should be interesting. Uh, uh, I can see that. I can see that that would that would be. I don't know. That could be nice. I don't know. I'd watch it. Could be good. Could be good. I, I remember. I think I lent you the books when you were in hospital, didn't I, Brandon? You did. Yeah. And, and I remember them. reading it. I remember going, "Oh yeah, there's. You could definitely do more with that if you wanted to." Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that the, film actually. I think the other book I lent you was Bone. Did you enjoy Bone as well? I, I read all of Bone and Scott Pilgrim high on morphine in the hospital and enjoyed <laughs> them both. <laughs> I think that's a good way to watch to, to read those books, to be fair. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, they should, it was... um... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, talking Brian Lee O'Malley, they never adapted, yeah. like, Seconds at all. Seconds oh, was appara- so good. No, someone is directing Seconds. Hang on. I think didn't I thought Blake Lively got announced to do it ages yes, ago. Yes, that's true. Yeah, no, I think it's I think she's working on it. Oh, okay. I think Cuz that'd so. be really, that, really good. That's cuz yeah, I quite like that. Uh, I like that book. I think it's a that one cinematic I movie is uh, well, it's got a cinematic more cinematic presence to it, I think. than Scott Pilgrim, funny enough. Yeah, it was anna- announced really last good. April and apparently Edgar Wright's producing it, I think. Okay. I think so. Anyway, what have you been watching? Anything fun? Me? Yes, you. Me? Um, yeah, it's I guess. Me. What have I been watching? Uh, I've the Oscars got announced. The nomination. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got announced last week. Um, By the time this episode is probably out, the Oscars have probably been and gone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say we should do a predictions maybe for the top four awards, but as this is probably going to come out in so long, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you anyway. Yeah, it'd just be shot in the dark. But yeah, I thought yeah. there's there was a couple of movies that got nominated for an Oscar that I hadn't got around to watching yet, so I'm starting to try and do my clean-up of the ones that got nominated. So I watched uh, Causeway the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, the fuck is that? Causeway's got Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry in, who got nominated for um, Supporting Actor. Okay. It's about a um, US soldier that returns back with like a brain injury, and she's struggling to kind of get back into her life in New Orleans. Um, I didn't expect to really like it, but I actually loved it. I actually really, okay. really, really loved it. Um, I thought Jennifer Lawrence is almost—I don't want to, don't want to go back too hard on her, but she's all almost a little like—I was going to say not realistic, which is a very dumb thing to say about an actor. But um, you could tell but, she's acting. Do you mean like? Yeah, she, yeah, you know, like when British actors go to America, they do American. <laughs> she feels yeah. like that. She just feels like she's really doing something like she doesn't feel like she's from new orleans to me she doesn't really feel that role um but brian tyree henry absolutely 
like as soon as he comes into the movie he changes the fucking gear of that movie he changes he's amazing the, the isn't he energy of it and everything he's so i've never good. seen i've never seen him him be bad for like no, one frame for what like, for anything yeah anything he's just totally yeah. different in every role and he's amazing every time he's a really really good in course i can see why he got that nomination it's really well deserved um and that he almost makes the whole movie for me so i still I really, can't get over really, his his voice performance in the spider-man movie i can't believe that was I know, him. right it's ridiculous who's this henry who who's he's, he in spider-man he, he's the dad in spider-man he's spider miles morales's dad in oh the okay film. yeah I, I know exactly who you're talking about now yeah okay yeah yeah and which is just a totally different role than like what made him famous which was mm-hmm. the the rapper in Atlanta, which is a completely different thing. That is a great show. It's such a great show. And then he's like a villain in Widows and he's amazing. And it's a totally different again. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, he's everybody's favorite Marvel character, Face Face. face <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. Is he in Eternals? Is that what he's in? Yeah. I think he's yeah. the guy who invents the atomic bomb and gets sad about, um, gets sad about Hiroshima, I think. Does it, what? I don't remember anything about that movie. I've not seen this film. <laughs> uh, well, I have a I have a teenager in the house, so I have to watch all those fucking movies, and I don't remember that one at all. <laughs> but he's also great in Widows as well. He's, he's, he's honestly a, he's a fantastic actor. He really is. Yeah, I'll watch him in anything for sure. But but yeah, watch Causeway. He's he's wonderful in it. I can I can really see why he got that nomination. Um, it's proper good supporting character, like supporting actor role. Um, it's really cool. Good. The other one I watched was Two Leslie. Now, is this right. this is the one that became a bit of a meme or something, a bit like news story over the past kind of since the nominations came out? Because no one had ever heard of it, right? Yeah, because no, no one ever heard of it. <laughs> um, and it was basically Angela Riseborough. Riseborough, I believe. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say her name at yeah. all. Um, she basically got the nomination for best actress from. They keep calling it a grassroots. Um, kind of a grassroots uh, campaign but really what it was is that like oh wasn't the, this like and she was like she wasn't even running and then all of a sudden they did like yeah they like pushed last, it like, hard on social yeah, media yeah. and then she went Bew. but basically yeah it was like Gwyneth Paltrow is kind of friends with the wife of the director and the wife of the director started <laughs> like using social media and also kind of setting up like you know like showing um free showings of it and just inviting all the famos you know the people in the academy to come watch it right all that kind of stuff and and it just worked basically like and because of course academy members are going to be a subject to you know hashtags and posting as much as anyone else is subject to that stuff and it just works on them and now the academy's freaking out a little bit because it was such an unusual campaign for them and also and also because they get a lot of their money through standard campaigns you know a lot of their donations and support and and things like that come through the standard campaigning so if something's going to completely change the way people campaign they're starting to really get worried about that and that's 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 gross all of that sounds gross gross to me it's all gross yeah this is why like actually i don't even mean to to leslie being gross that sounds almost less gross than what you just said yeah about the about the campaigning It's yeah. it's very stupid. Now they're investigating to see if they broke any of the academy rules about what? it. It's, it keeps making me laugh because they keep calling it calling it illegal, which I'm like, <laughs> guys, guys, it's not fucking illegal. Who <laughs> like, who would be in the Oscar police? Like if they were telling <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, a hundred percent. 
<laughs> Definitely not. He wasn't even nominated for best actor though, was he? Tom Cruise um, well, is a fucking Oscar cop if I ever saw one. You reckon? Definitely I not figure. Will Smith. Will Smith is like the villain, surely. He's he's good. the Oscar Joker now. <laughs> uh, well, at least Andrea, whatever her last name is, is a good actress. Right, but she is good, and she's she is good in Two Leslie. I think the film's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, it looked. I saw. I watched the trailer. It looked boring as shit. Um, and Mark Maron's in it, and he's good in it. I think Mark Maron's he, a good actor. However, he is he's a also good actor. Putting on what I think is a Texan accent, um, but it kind of sounds like Mark Maron's kind of just doing like you know what I've been trying like to King of the Hill. <laughs> I was asked. I was asked by somebody who was like a famous person whose accent is the same as mine. And I should have said Mark Maron. I yeah, just realized. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the one. Uh, and I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. So now I'm going to use that from now on. And his voice is so like, like known to me because of his podcasting. So yeah. watching him in this movie, putting on an accent, I was just like, Mark, what are you doing? Why, why, you can't why, do that. why, why are you doing this? Why couldn't you just use your accent? Like people, I think it's amazing that he sounds so a hundred percent Jersey, but he grew up in New Mexico. <laughs> Did he? It's yeah. He, he, he was, I'm trying to remember this. I think he was born in New Jersey and his parents are from New Jersey, huh. but I think he moved to Albuquerque at a young age. I didn't know that about him at all. Yeah, and at, like a really young age, but somehow still sounds 100% Jersey Jew all day. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But to Leslie, uh, I, didn't, it was, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like it. It's fine. It's fine. Half it's got Stephen Root in it, which you expect. Sure. Stephen I did, Root. I did make the joke about solid. Causeway, actually, that Causeway is going to be my award for the, uh, the film that I expect. I was surprised that Stephen Root wasn't in. That's which I think should be an award every year now. Hold on, is I don't even know Stephen he's, face. He's he's from you know uh, Office Space, you know Milton with the stapler. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, he, he's great. The what? The, the, he's he, actually not, British, isn't he? Is he? I think he is. I don't, I don't think know. he's American. Yeah. Hold on, so. let's find out. <laughs> fact checking. <laughs> I'm fact checking Stephen Root. No, he's American, sorry. He's of American, the, he's American. Of the nominees, the only one I never heard of was Triangle of Sadness. I'm interested to Oh, that's that the one. same No, don't watch that. I hate oh, that guy. That's the yeah. fucking that's the fucking Euro trash dickhead who made um fucking square. the square. I hate that fucking movie. Oh, okay. And uh, also Force Majeure, which is just okay. I like Force Majeure. I thought it was good. I thought it was okay. It's it feels like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, it's very European. I like it yes. now. And it's just actually stupid. Have, like didn't, it, they, didn't they remake that or something similar? Yeah, they did with Will Ferrell. That was what? Yeah. 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 I, I think it was it came out like August in 2020. COVID time. You know, like deep yeah. <laughs> like deep COVID time, so no one ever saw it. Okay. It seems like a bad choice of a combination anyway. Do you I saw do you think- I actually saw Triangle Segment that sadness at the cinema and um, if I told you that it goes on for three and a half fucking hours, what? <laughs> Jeez, what the fucking hell? <laughs> it might be, it might be a bit shorter than that, but it's so fucking long. It's it feels like watching a whole miniseries, especially because the um, Triangle Sadness is actually separated into quite distinct acts. There's three very distinct acts to it, and it feels like I've sat there and just binged like a miniseries. It didn't feel like I was watching a movie, right. and it was 
kind it was funny enough but too long the joke wears out and the satire really really wears out like yeah, that's the thing, like the satire in those other two films, yeah. Force Majeure and The Square, is so fucking dumb that it makes me angry. Like, it's yeah. it's just It starts getting not, to you. I get it. I get it. Like, well, it's just <laughs> not interesting. It's like, yeah. it's not sophisticated. It's not well thought. It's just, it's okay. It's like fucking high school boy bullshit. It's just not, I don't know. I can't yeah. even remember it, actually, to be honest. I can't give you a good a fucking critical analysis because I don't remember it, but... I remember sitting there going like, well, this guy thinks he's a fucking genius, doesn't he? But Triangle of Sadness is very much like, aren't rich people assholes? And yeah, like, thanks, buddy. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks three, for the update. Three and a half hours have we got. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lena, go on, give us your predictions. So, like, imagine, like, this is a piece of paper and we're going we're gonna to seal it. So, we'll imagine see if you Imagine what's will. a piece of paper? This, this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So, like, we're going to open it up in a couple of months' time when the Oscars happens. So, go on then. And, um, and see Who's how your best, best picture? Uh, best picture. Best picture. I need, I need to look at the nominees. Well, you already made your prediction on the chat. Well, you got well, Top yeah, Gun, pi- Women Talking, Everywhere, Everyone, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, <laughs> The Bunches of Insurance, Triangle of Sadness, Fablemans, All Quiet on the Rest and Front, Avatar, whatever it's called, Elvis and Tar. <laughs> What a fucking weird list that is. Uh, it is a weird list. It's so weird. They're going popular. That's, I, I think yeah. it's kind of fun. They're trying to get yeah. people to watch it. That's why they've got yeah. Avatar on it. Because they, for some reason, putting well, Avatar on the list will make people again, watch And every it. single year they've done a Force 10, you get a very weird list out of it. It's back to doing like you have to have 10 nominees. You know, in the last like yeah. 10 years, it's been like, you can do 10 if you want. You want. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, I think everything everywhere all at once is the favourite by far at the moment. Um, Good. There could be like a coda coming in, you know, like last year. Oh like yeah, was, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there could be something that changes that at this point, but I think everything everywhere seems to be the favorite by far. So I think. I mean, it's that. a solid film. It's, it's a, a good one. Film. I I liked it quite a bit. Um, the oh, no, I'm, kind of I'm I'm a bit too online, so the online discourse has got really fucking annoying over that film. To the point really? that the Daniels have actually yelled at their own fans to be like, back off, like stop being okay. assholes about this. <laughs> okay. Um, which is not the greatest thing you want to do is the directors for your film to tell your fans to be like, will you chill the fuck out? Like, I saw I saw fun. a YouTube clip of them uh, reading letterbox reviews of the film. <laughs> and it was really, they were actually really charming and very funny. Yeah, I and they went them. They went back and forth from reading like five star and one star ones and each one star one they went yeah that's fair <laughs> and like legitimately meant it like when someone would say like oh this movie's just like a bunch of fucking dumb memes they were like yeah a little bit sorry <laughs> and i appreciated that i thought it was really nice i think it'd be a really good winner i'll be happy for that to win i would, I would it's a really I would good too. movie i really enjoyed it so it'd be yeah. a really good from the guys that different. made the fighting corpse movie with the exactly it's like it's amazing yeah um what about actor Go and read them. All right, you've got Brendan Fraser. Well, can I just say one thing about like uh, the way? No. Like, I haven't seen it. Obviously, it hasn't come out here yet. And it's out this I, Friday. I love the director. He's one of my all-time favorites. But if you mm. watch, you like as I'm working, I have YouTube on constantly because it's just on in the background, and every single advert is the whale, and I want it to go away. So like it's <laughs> doing my head in. It's so Ollie, it's you and so, everyone else. Oh, it's is like go away, just go away. Uh, so you've got Brendan Fraser, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Bill Nye, uh Paul Mescal. 
I, I did watch After Sun this week, actually, as well, talking to Paul yeah. School. That film is really good. I really loved it. Um, it's going to be Brendan Fraser. He's been winning all the awards. Pick? He's been winning everything at every every other award series. He's got all the momentum. Maybe the way of finally coming out might have people turn on it because okay. no one seems to like that movie. But at the moment, he's got all the momentum and people love him and he's giving really nice speeches when he gives speeches. So, you know, <laughs> he could... gives a nice speech. He yeah, but nice academy members think about him. these things, don't they? Like, So I, I could see it being Austin Butler as well. They love giving it to people portraying kind of especially musical icons and Austin Butler is really good in Elvis so it could see it being that as well but I reckon Brendan Fraser okay I have no opinions because I don't <laughs> think I've seen I've only seen After Sun I haven't seen the other ones so so actress Andrea Riseborough Michelle Williams Kate Blanchett Anna de Armas or Michelle Yeoh which... I think I think Kate Blanchett has this one but I would not be surprised if Michelle Yeoh actually comes yeah. out and grabs it, I think. I mean, I think those those are the two, but I think Kate Blanchett probably has. I, 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 on the I want, I want, I want Michelle Yeoh. I want Michelle Yeoh to win this so goddamn bad. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. I mean, I fucking love Kate. Well, Blanchett. it's not. It's, it's actually not even. Actress, but like, but Kate yeah, Blanchett. Kate, Kate Blanchett's amazing. Kate Blanchett's always amazing, and she's amazing in Tar for sure, and can win every award that she wants. But Michelle Yeoh is one really good in that movie. One, but two is just such a fucking legend. Yeah. Uh, should have won 4,000 awards already at this point in her life. And <laughs> totally. hasn't in yeah. America. Uh, uh, and I think it's give it like a lifetime achievement sort of thing. Uh, one of those sorts of Oscar wins would be lovely. Cause she should have won like all, every, she personally should have swept whatever the 2001 Oscars for crouching tiger. Yeah, like sure, she, totally. they should have handed, they should have handed every Oscar <laughs> that year to her, like cinematography, sound editing, everything should have gone to Michelle Yeoh the year that Crouching Tiger came out. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So she can get this one this year. All right. Um, let's do best uh, director then, Lena. Uh, Martin McDonough, uh, Todd Field, Ruben Ausland, uh, Daniel Kwan, Daniel... Shineart, Shineart. So, are they? T- they they'd get it together, no? Yeah, it's yeah. co-direction. Yeah. yeah, Steven Spielberg, Angela Bassett, Kerry Condon. Oh no, that's Hang no, on. just Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading the, the thing I went, uh, went straight to. What? I went, went straight Bassett. to supporting actress. So yeah, Steven think, Spielberg. So who who's your pick? I think the last few years they've been splitting director and best film. It used to be that the you know director quite often won, and for the best film. I think this year they'll split it again, yeah. and I think it's probably going to go to Spielberg. I think he's yeah. probably going to get it for Vegas interesting. I find it weird how people going. This is his like most grown up film, and like the guy did Schindler's List and Bridges. <laughs> <Price> and <it's laughs> like, mm. I, I mean, I love the Fablemans. It's 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 a five star movie for me this year. Um, I but I can't see it winning anywhere else, uh, especially because they mm. kind of fluffed the kind of actor noms a little bit. So I think I can see. What do you mean they flipped it? That. Well, I just think it's really weird. Dano didn't get uh, nominated right. for best best actor or supporting because for the for the Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talking right, of best supporting, supporting actress, uh, Angela Bassett, Carrie Condon, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Stephanie Hsu, uh, Hong Chao Su. I just think, yeah. Um, oh, Sue. I think 
I think this one's still a little up in the air. I would probably go for Angela Bassett, maybe. Um, just in one of those. Yeah. I think they're begging to give her an Oscar, frankly, and now they've taken that chance. Um, I could also see that. Was going she? To Jamie, was she? Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Was she in what in the Black Panther movie? Yeah, yeah, she was the queen in the Black Panther. Was that what the, that's for? Yeah, yeah, she was really she was the only good thing in the whole film. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> I said that on this podcast. I think. Oh, did did you? I well, I yeah. don't listen. I don't listen to your podcast, so I didn't know I that. Think it's, I don't think it's coming. Right, let's yeah. do yeah. one last one. Let's do uh, best supporting actor. So you've got Brendan Gleeson, which is weird because he's just as much as a leader's Colin Farrell. Category fraud. Um, Brian Terry uh, Henry, uh, Judd Hirsch, who for some reason looks exactly the same as he did as he did in Independence Day like 25 <laughs> years ago. Uh, Barry Keehan uh, or K. Hugh Kwan. I think it's going it, uh, K. Hugh Kwan's got this locked up. Absolutely. Good. Up. He's, he's winning every it, fucking award out there. And again, his speeches are just fucking delightful and yeah, they'll, yeah. Want, they'll want to jump onto that as well. Like, And he's, okay. and that's not to undermine the fact that he's really fucking good in, in everything. He's everywhere. so good. So. He's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think right. that he should have been acting like he should have had more roles in between this time? Or do you think this is the right time for him to come back and kick? Uh, he should, he should, he, he, he should do whatever the fuck he <laughs> should do what he wants to do. <laughs> like maybe he I didn't want to act. Right? I Wasn't he doing other funny, stuff? Kinda. He wanted to act, but he thought it, a lot. I think listening to him is he stepped away from acting because he just couldn't get roles and he just thought there was nothing out there for him. Yeah. So, oh, okay. All right. He, when, he did like he saw, a lot um, of choreography and stuff, didn't he? I yeah, think. he did. Yeah. Which I think, fair enough, the choreography and the kind of the martial arts is what allowed him to do this role. If he hadn't kept up on that, he wouldn't have been able to take this mm. role as well. So that's that was really important for him to do. Maybe. He's got the best. He's got the best fight scene of the year. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I think I don't know, I, I'd like him to win it. I think the people who are kicking themselves are um the producers of Indy Five. Like if if oh if, for not bringing him if, back as like the, yeah if they had yeah. if they had like started producing that film like I don't know four months later six months later they would have definitely gone we need him he's going to be an oscar winning actor who is in your franchise as a kid why wouldn't they want him to be it like in indy 5 it would be an absolute like no brainer yeah. and now they've already made the film and they're missing out on that i think that that's a, that's quite funny to me really i just don't think the world does the world really want a new indiana jones i just... I, I haven't wanted a new Indiana Jones in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so personally, no, definitely not. So Brandon, what have you been watching? Uh, like yourself, not very much. Uh, not for the same reason, but uh, I don't really know why. But anyway, uh, I got a new projector in my house. Really excited about that. It is nice. I've played Mario Kart on it. it was yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. And my old projector <laughs> was nice, but it was sounded like made about 100 decibels of, of background noise. <laughs> It was like a like a leaf blower going the whole time you were trying to watch a movie, uh, so that was nice to get rid of that. Anyway, uh, I showed uh, my daughter who's fourteen uh, the movie Gravity on the projector. That was the first one we watched, and she had a nervous fucking breakdown. Like oh, no. she could she could not handle the stress of Sandra Bullock almost dying a hundred times in ninety <laughs> minutes. She was really upset about it. Uh, I, I got- watched that movie on a plane, on like a plane TV. 
that's the only time I've seen that movie. That's really funny. I have to say, I took. I was like, that film's not very good. <laughs> like, yeah. Someone was like, when, um, yeah, you watched it in the worst possible way. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. When I, me and Brandon I, saw that at the cinema, Mark Commode was there, wasn't he? He was actually there for real, Mark, not for fake. Yeah, do, do you? Because me and Brandon went to a gig and there was a guy who looked exactly like Mark Commode. I took a picture of him and I sent it to Lena and we were confused whether or not you actually thought it was really Mark Commode or not. <laughs> I don't remember. I probably did think it was Mark Commode. I think, I'm, I'm, pretty sure you, I'm pretty sure you did believe he that. He did. Yeah. He, Brandon was like, In- Mark Commode's over there. I had to do a double take myself. He looked just like him. Like, Anyway, anyway. Uh, Mark Commode was not in my house for the screening of Gravity, no. uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I know, what an asshole. I invited him and everything. Uh, I've never in my life seen anyone so like f- destroyed and freaking out and having a heart attack wow. as my daughter watching the last 10 minutes of Gravity when she almost died after she gets to Earth and the, and the oh, pod yeah. is like filling with water. She was like, no, that's not fair. She made it all the way back. She can't die! No! She was so, so upset. And I, I, I was laughing at her, and I'm a bad father. Um, Show her the making of where all you find... when The way they made that film was that all they capture is the face of Sandra. Yeah, and everything else is animated. That's it. Everything yeah. else is CG. It's, it's, it's an animated movie. Um, yeah, well, at that point, I just I just kept saying... Which you know, is that's nuts. Going back to the Oscars, sorry to interrupt, but, you know, was it Apollo... What's it? Is it Apollo 13? No. Ten and a half. Yeah, ten and a half, sorry, yeah. So that's a rotoscope film, but in the eyes of the Academy, that's not considered an animated film. Yet a film like Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is considered an animated film, and I'm like, what? I'm so confused. I don't know what they... Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're basically saying that rotoscoped animation is not real animation, which I beg to differ because I've done it before. I beg to differ. (laughs) I I, I also beg to differ. All the old... Disney films are all rotoscope to to an extent, like you know, Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Well, and, well, the most and famous and like Snow shot, White. the most famous shot in Snow White of her dress spinning is rotoscoped. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, they had that yeah. actress, a ballet dancer, to do all the performance. Well, because like, how are you gonna fucking from your exactly. brain hand animate a skirt going? Like the physics. <laughs> there of that are is there so... are insane animators who can do that, and they are. But insane. still, could get but the if you've got to have. Hundred people churning out these shots, then yeah, who has the time for that shit? Anyway, Anyway, I think I think the animated nominees are a shame this year. Ten and a half is one of them, but like Mad God, uh, Wendell and Wild, there were much, there were really good like animated movies this year. It was actually really hotly contested, and and the the final nominees I'm a little bit like kind of just a bit boring, frankly. I mean, I love Mad God. I can understand why the uh, the Academy didn't pick it because it's fucking yeah. I just I mean I love it. I just want that Oscar to be a bit more like inventive, you know, a bit more like instead of it's, being so it's such just a stupid, whatever like, Netflix is making. I, I think it's the world with Netflix. <laughs> it's a weird category because, like, do you remember one year where I think I forgot what animated? I think it was Toy Story three was in like in contention for best film. It was in like the nominees for best film, and it was yeah, also in for best well. animated film. Well, clearly it's already going to win best animated yeah. film, isn't it? If it's well, you can the, say that for the best foreign language film category as exactly, well. Exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. Stupid. But it's anyway, dumb. So, Sorry, carry on. So yeah, no, I, I killed my daughter watching Gravity. That was step one. Um, and then I went step on. Step one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, step, so two. step two is watch, apparently, Tar and After Sun. Uh, those were the... the, the uh, didn't bring her to either of those. 
<laughs> God, Afterson destroyed me, and I don't like. Uh, you know what what's about you? So no, it didn't. I was a little bit underwhelmed by both of those movies. I don't know if it's me, uh, but Afterson, as a recently separated dad with a daughter of about the same age, should have had me on the floor yeah. dead. Like I should have been dead on the floor. Uh, and it's a good film, and I appreciated the technique, and I will be interested to watch what the director does next. Definitely, but it didn't. It didn't do much for me actually uh it, I, it was a surprise for me i didn't expect to be yeah. kind of taken away by it and i just i watched it here just at my desk actually late one night and it broke me i, I remember i just basically crawled to bed afterwards like sobbing. i can see why i mean the the, the the key scene that they hit you with is really good yeah, yeah. Uh, and is i think kind of instantly so i'm not saying it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination no, 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 no. It's like the 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 use of uh, the the Queen song at the end is like instantaneously so yeah. in the canon of great needle drops in cinema history. It's such a great use of the song, uh, particularly technically when they strip out the instrumentation. It's just the vocals yes. and the then the score gets remixed into it. That's just fucking brilliant. Like that's an amazing scene. The acting's all really good. Uh, the editing's think, really good. I love I the way I did, I they. I think as well, like I was a little bit lost in it. I didn't quite know where it was going as well like and that doesn't always happen and maybe it was just that day i was just letting my brain fall out of my head no it's it's quite opaque it doesn't really tell you what's going on which usually i like or i can like but i didn't i just didn't i didn't get into it but i liked the way they cut between you know the the cinematic reality and the and the fucking home movie stuff was all really clever really well done I, i don't have a bad thing to say about it really except that for whatever reason it didn't it it didn't penetrate didn't quite uh, land. Well, so you can just be land. whelmed by a film doesn't mean to say it's bad. Like, you know, you <laughs> no, not at all. The, the only thing that I that I didn't like actually was this. Um, is is really minor. Uh, I didn't really like. Um, I guess the flash forwards or the framing device of the older, the the daughter when she's older uh, that didn't add anything for mm-hmm. me. And but it was like it's not a lot of running time. It's like less than five no. minutes of the film, so it's it didn't matter. Uh, I don't. I don't think they needed that. But if they, if, if that wasn't there, I would have liked the film exactly the same. So that's yeah, meaningless. Yeah, yeah. Tar, I was actually even lower on personally because uh, oh, wow. it falls in. Unfortunately, because as great as Camp Chet is, and the cinematography is amazing as well, um, and the music's great, and all the other actors are great, but it's so <laughs> fucking long, <laughs> and okay. I kind of I like I, I I think I've decided I've entered a phase of life. I'm going to agree 100 percent with Ollie Jones on this one long films just need to die like i'm just i'm 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 fucking done with this every almost every movie i see is at least 30 minutes too long now like yeah, the, people just cannot now. fucking stop making their the movies same uh, breadth of that but i watched the new eddie murphy film on netflix you people oh, the one with jonah hill one Jonah Hill, yeah, Julie Louise Dreyfus, and, David Duchovny. Uh, oh. David Duchovny. David Duchovny's by far the funniest thing in that film. He's amazing. I love. Everyone uh, knows it's I've got a man over two on. hours for like a romantic comedy on Netflix, and I was blame Judah Patel for that. It, Jesus Christ! It's like this is way too fucking long. Cut like yeah. cut half an hour at this. Cut cut forty minutes out of this. You've got a really good movie. But That's actually, exactly how I felt about Tar, honestly. And I'll but, give the edge to After Sun because it was a normal length of a movie. <laughs> it was a real length. <laughs> yeah, After Sun was as long as it should be. It, like it shouldn't have been any longer and didn't need to be any shorter. Uh, so that that felt good. Even like again, even though it didn't totally work for me, Tar had some better scenes like some moments in tar that I liked more, but it was, it was 
so fucking strung out that for me personally, uh, the whole first like 35 to 40 minutes literally could have been chopped off and they could have started at whatever scene I just said. I don't even know which one. And the, the, the movie would have been a million times better for me personally. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. It's just the way people make movies now. That's, it's not unique to that film. Yeah, uh, and I'm not a fan of like, for example, uh, I'm sort of curious about watching Elvis, but that's super fucking long. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of curious about watching Babylon, but it's three hours and nine minutes long. Get the fuck out of here. Babylon's definitely too. Yeah. Babylon is an intelligence. Like, yeah. And like, give me an intermission at least. I don't know. Just fuck off with these long ass <laughs> movies. I'm just, I'm, I'm really annoyed with it. So Tar got negative points for that. Cause I'm, I'm just very <laughs> done. You go, made me go. laugh when the editing nominations came out and you were like, Target editing, that's the least no. edited movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, here's the raw footage. <laughs> I feel bad because the person who edited it is very talented, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she did a lot of Michael Haneke movies, like White Ribbon and stuff. So oh, that makes sense. Actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I like, I love a good slow burn. I love a good slow movie. And the scenes in tar are edited immaculately obviously there's just too many of them <laughs> yeah. anyway that's it and then i watched the thin man for this movie for this thing ah, that's yes. a good segue thank you this is a very good segue. <laughs> I'm i a also watched the film that we're talking about today that good job Ollie. About today. yeah so we're covering the thin man which came out in 1934 don't know what that was flourish was <laughs> it was directed by Dick Van Dyke's dad. Is that actually? Is that, no, what? It's, no, it's not. It's not. Oh, you had you really had me. There. I was like, what? <laughs> His real name, the director's real name, is Woodbridge, Woodbridge. Strong Van Dyke the Second. That is an excellent name. What a fucking name! He named one of his sons Woodbridge Strong Van Dyke Junior. His his nickname <laughs> is One Take Woody. Yeah, one I saw take that. Woody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And now we've done all the facts we know about this movie. Here's the trailer. <laughs> what happened if it isn't Philo Vance? I beg your pardon? Who said that? I haven't seen you since you solved the Kettle murder case. How are you? Well, for the love of... Nick Charles, what are you doing up there? Impersonating a book cover? Shh. I'm working on a case. Don't tell me you've gone back to detective work. I thought you had turned respectable. Didn't you get married? Oh, didn't I? Vance, I married a girl in a million. Hmm. I heard it was a girl uh, with a million. Well, same thing. I've become a California gentleman. I never heard of such a thing. What are you doing here in New York? Well, it seems that Clark Gable is making some personal appearances here, which uh, interests my wife. And there's a very good bar at the Ritz, which is all right with me. So we popped into town to play. But would you believe it? Before you could say Metro Golden Mayor, I stepped right into the middle of a baffling murder mystery and they put me to work. Well, you poor fellow, you have my deepest sympathy. I can use it. Believe me, Vance, this case is a toughie. It all revolves about a tall, thin man. I was standing at the bar of the Ritz one day, uh, reaching for an olive, when a very pretty girl suddenly popped up in front of me and said, uh, Hello there. Hello. Uh, Another glass. Hi. You know, we do know each other. Certainly, we've known each other for years. Aren't you Nick Charles? Yeah. You don't remember me. I'm Dorothy Wynant. How is your father? Oh, that's what I came to ask you. He's disappeared. Chris, what are you going to do? That's what I said I'd do. 
Chris, you wouldn't do that. Nikki, automatically Nikki, put uh, after in here with me tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah? That knife's missing. I'll look for it in your back. It's about Julia Wolf. Did you kill her? Gilbert! Well, why not? You had a perfectly good motive. How'd you like to have a couple of little murderers for your children? And maybe I haven't been on a merry-go-round since that day. Are you, uh, anywhere near a solution? Between you and me, I think so. I got all the suspects together at a dinner party. And then I pulled a fast one. I told them, and the murderer is right here in this room tonight. He's sitting here at this table. Are you, uh, sure that the murderer is one of that group? Not absolutely. But I know where to find out. Where? Right in there. Now you watch me. I'm going to dissolve slowly into this book. And if you'll stand by, I'll give you the answer. So going back to his nickname, which is One Take Woody, uh, past and future guest uh, Paul Nadin, whenever he used to act for me, his his name on set was always One Take Nadin because he always nailed it in one take. <laughs> Normally because he just wanted to fuck off and have a cup of tea probably. But he was just like, oh. That's because you're just tickled pink with anything Paul does. I love that. <laughs> Paul's one of my favourite yeah. people in the world ever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the music in this movie was done by William Axt. A-X-T on the last name. What? Yep, that's a real name. That's a real name. <laughs> I'm going to try and do like a synopsis of this to lead us Go on, to then. talk about that. Oh no, fucking don't um, even bother, man. Are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> like, that's a terrible idea. So, I'll give it a go. This film involves the disappearance of an inventor and... His what the fuck daughter. did that box do? He walked up and down. He just went whoop, whoop, whoop. Hey, <laughs> like, his sorry. daughter is looking for the inventor. So she goes to an old friend, Nick, who's married to Nora. Who, and they're the investigators. And they have an infinite playlist together. Oh, I was going to make the same stupid fucking <laughs> joke. <laughs> and then... I... Have no idea. What yeah, I mean, frankly, you kind of already you already <laughs> lost the plot before you even got two sentences into that. It's this this movie is impenetrable, impenetrable. To it's understand. fucking Dashiell Hammett books, man. They're always like this. All these, all these fucking. This is like an almost like an early film noir, sort of. Sort of, sort of. And they're, it's, well, it's the same, like the author that wrote. Fucking yeah, the author is very. Yeah, because obviously you were. Like, and uh, all of those plots are just. Fucking ridiculous, and yeah. uh, that was my main. I was like, I wish this plot was simpler because it doesn't need to be this complicated. No, but to be yeah. honest, the the plot is you know I'm burying the lead with that really because the plot is just like is just some happenstance to watch these two kind of leads bumble. Yeah, around. for sure. Well, I mean, for when sure. you get to the and end, that's really which, what this movie is like. When you get to the end, which reminded me, have you ever watched Only Murders in the Building? 
It reminded me. Yeah. Of, uh, oh yeah, me, yeah. It reminded me of the end sequence of that the last series. And, yeah, um, for sure. And uh, which I'm sure they were probably referencing it. I don't know, but um, maybe. And like when they announced who the killer was, I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, what's his motive and everything? And he was just like, nope, you're not getting anything. End film. I was like, yeah, I kind of like I forgot that character existed. I still don't know who the killer is. <laughs> the killer. <laughs> it was the like it was the accountant, right? Mm. Let's just spoil it. Hey, we're spoiling this movie that's a thousand years old. Uh, it, it was a uh, yeah, it was the guy who ran the business for the Thin Man, right? Okay, right, sure. I think so. <laughs> and then and that means that he got to like extort money better. Mm. Mm. I think that's what was happening. I have the Wikipedia open. I could try and what? figure it out, but it's like lots of paragraphs. I literally finished watching this film about three hours ago and it just washed over me and I, I tried really, really hard to concentrate <laughs> on it. And it was just like, this this film is in like, you know, it's in the national record of, well, I don't know, I going to say achievement, that's the thing we have in the UK. No, this is the National <laughs> Film Archive. The Film Archive. And I was like, this film, really? I mean, it wasn't terrible. It's it, it felt a bit slight to me too, more than I was expecting. I have not seen yeah. this one before. Yeah, it felt like to me as well. I have to agree. Um, yeah, but I mean, we have had some heavy hitters already, like you know. But this is, a, I mean, this was a heavy hitter. Yeah, I guess so. this is a well, this is a well loved. This years. is a well loved, like, well yeah. loved movie. Um, sure. It's it spawned what was it set, five, five sequels, sequels well, yeah. which is insane. Like, and all starring like uh, William Powell and Myrna Lott, like as well, the, uh, you know, as uh, the um. That makes sense. <laughs> As the Charles is, that's what they're called, isn't it? Yeah. And they're, they're the juice, though. Like, those two have really good chemistry on screen. They do, to be fair. Yeah, they're, they're super fun. They're super fun. And they, they starred in 13 movies together. So it wasn't just this. Like, they'd start, they, they were like, like a massive screen couple. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go right with my, the, the main thing that disappointed me about this. So I actually watched this with the daughter who I killed with gravity again. <laughs> Because I thought she was going to be all over this because she likes detective and mystery things. Mm-hmm. She's read all the Sherlock Holmes. We watched the Knives Out movies together. She reads Agatha Christie, all that shit. Loves it. Uh, I thought this was more like those a little bit. But then more importantly, all the descriptions call it a husband and wife detective duo team. And it says that over and over again. Now, yeah, uh, my, daughter, really my, nice. daughter, my daughter really doesn't like men because I'm her dad. Uh, so she really likes the movies to have female characters that have a lot of agency and do the stuff. And I thought that she was going to be doing the stuff. And Myrna Lloyd does yeah. Myrna Lloyd does almost no detecting whatsoever well, in this movie. No, she doesn't. But she eggs him on to, to do it, though, doesn't she? She's okay, like, oh. no, but she's not. She's not a fucking detective. She's just no. a hot wife. Yeah, uh, like she doesn't have anything to do so i don't know why the which is normal to for be, 1934 to and be fair, is, though, the only th- the only person the only character in this film that does any detective work is the dog yes <laughs> yes because yeah, he's a good point the ground <laughs> that's a good yeah. point no but like the the, the male character doesn't appear to be doing any detecting but he's one of these fucking alpha men who has figures it all out just from sheer genius anyway the uh, well he the, was the, an ex-pi wasn't he and he's retired yeah yeah, yeah. my main point is that it's been missold and in the first movie anyway uh nora charles does jack shit and me and rosalie were both very annoyed by this i do wonder That's, if the sequels they do become more of a detective team 
they must because why why would it be why would this movie be described that that way yeah exactly why is that the kind of legacy of this because i knew it the same way like um yeah and you're right like myrna she i think she's a hell of a lot of fun in this but she doesn't do any detective work she she's great (laughs) don't get me wrong Uh, the main thing i want to talk about is how absolutely smoking atomic bomb hot she is in this film and i literally couldn't deal with it uh uh, but then she's also really funny and really charming and a good actress and played the role great just was not what was advertised to me at all basically i think that's that's what i mean that's fair yeah 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 yeah. there you go that's my review of the thin man needed more (laughs) lady detective and um, the worst thing that also surprised me is the thin man isn't william powell i always i assumed it was referencing william powell and it's not at all it's referencing the murderer i think no no the murder the guy who was murdered the guy got murdered okay yeah yeah who's really not especially thin no, no, yeah, not really. You expect him to have Marfan syndrome or something and be really thin, but Especially he's just the, just. I've been calling this movie the Tall Man and the Quiet Man for the past like a couple of weeks. <laughs> tall Man, wasn't <laughs> it? it wasn't, which is the one that's got um, Jeff Goldblum in, isn't that one? That's what? The Tall Man. The Tall Man, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know that one. I think I don't know. Who knows? But like, and then like, apparently the sequels do come to mean William Powell as the Thin Man. They, they oh, just okay. kind of retroactively fit the title to mean <laughs> they, they just, because they just it makes up, no yeah. sense otherwise. <laughs> what a mistake! That's funny. Oh well. Uh, so hold on. Do you have to try and describe any part of this movie, like for realsies? Well, like, what do you do now? <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I wanted to talk a little bit about like the the rhythm of the movie because the one thing I okay. enjoyed about it was the fact that um, well, if you haven't seen it, William Powell is constantly drunk during this movie. That's the that's the oh bit. yeah, like well, that's so his, his cure for his wife whenever she's hungover or his girlfriend is just drink more. <laughs> just <laughs> like the, the, yeah. this, the, these people are straight up alcoholics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alcoholics. Which like is it really- is. It's actually not funny. Which is quite quite kind of an interesting choice. I mean, this is literally like two years, I think, after Prohibition gets repaired. <laughs> you know what? So this movie comes out, that. which is just like, oh, fucking drunk all <laughs> <old> times. <laughs> like, That's and, funny. Like, that film, didn't even occur to me. The film opens with him at the bar, like teaching the, the barman how to like make a cocktail. He's like, you've got to have the rhythm in your shaking. That's his introduction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll point out his introduction is like 20 minutes into the film or something. Like it's Yeah, which was also like, a bit confusing. A, a little confusing. confusing. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um and then from and from then on he's just drinking at all points and he's kind of like slurs his words he kind of has a bit of a role to his acting like he walks around the set a little bit kind of slippy which i think like he's playing it drunk the whole time which i think is that's a probably part of why people love the movie because it's it's just this drunk kind of charming man constantly just doing witticisms really and yeah for sure that's the reason why people would ever enjoy it and but I should say as well, you talked about one shot. One shot. Uh, the first scene that he's introduced was literally meant to be just the blocking shot. He just said to William, can you go over there and just tell him something about cocktails? And that was all apparently William Powell just kind of on the cuff, like kind of playing with the barman. And then when he finished, the uh, WS just shouts, you know, shoot it, block it, or whatever the fuck they say. And, um, print, print it. Print it, print it. And then like moved on. And that no coverage. Yep. <laughs> Done. And that's why they shot this movie in 12 days, I think it was. Oh. 14 days. Was I was thing? looking at the director's... What, what was his name? Woodbridge Strong or whatever the fuck? Uh, <laughs> he puts like five movies out a year every year yeah. from like 1917 to 1950 or something. It's insane. 
It's like, what's it's his insane. name? Your man who did Itchy the Killer. What's his name? He does about 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is more than that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a lot of work. Yeah, my quote My quote from the director is like, he he's, he's not, you know, we're, we're not talking ear of Voltaire here. He, this man is just a, a company man. <laughs> like, he, he makes pictures they give him and he shoots them and gets them at the door. And he, he basically says that I finished the picture nice and fast. No fooling around. Print take one. <laughs> I finished three or four days ahead of schedule and they give me a bonus. Then I go back with some retakes and really make my picture then. And that's his whole person. That's what he did to every single film. Just went up and just bashed it out as quick as he could just so he got his bonus and and they liked him and would give him more work. Like that seems a, a smart way to a smart way isn't to do it. That's it? a nineteen thirties director for me. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like Spike Lee doesn't do a lot of takes. I, I think Spike Lee doesn't do more than two takes unless somebody fucked up. Fucked it up sounds like he's the founder of that. You know, phrase was it work smarter, not harder. Which <laughs> 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 is the thing I need to learn. For sure, I'm a, uh, I, personally. I think first takes are often the best ones. Yeah, that's normally. actually not crazy to think that. It's I, it's almost always either the first one or the second to last one. Every other takes a waste of time. I've definitely seen like actors get into their own head about trying to find that first take again. Like what exactly? It felt right that first time, and now we've done it thirty times. And I'm trying to find that first take again. It's it's, it's going to go one way or the other. Like either that's like the energy's really good, and the people are like energetic and fun. Particularly if it's funny, and for a film like this where it's meant to be loose and witty and kind of goofy, that you wouldn't do loads of takes. That doesn't that'd be stupid. Yeah. So I, I think he's right in this case. <laughs> it could make sense, right? And yeah, it, totally. it does give that film, I think it does give the film that kind of, what we were saying earlier, it's a bit light, it's a bit flurry, it's a bit loose. It's, you it's, know, it's a bit bouncy. It bounces it's along. It's a bit bouncy, Des- yeah. It's a bit despite, like literally, in, <laughs> it bounces along in spite of its really heavy, stupid plot. I mean, it's so, quite, like, I love some of the double entendres in it. Like, there's a bit where he's chatting to his, to his wife or is his wife or is his yeah is, they're married aren't they they are married yeah yeah i've got a quote and, about um, that as well there's a bit where <laughs> i think he talks about how much he loves you've got a very good mouth and like i'm like sure exactly sure what he's referring to there and there's another one you know when he's playing with his like harpoon gun or whatever he's like i love the that bit and That's he's just sitting there sh- shooting his window and then they they're basically like doing some sort of nuts kind of reference like about his his balls i don't know some sort of reference and then there's another joke later on now i don't know if this is a joke or not but obviously i always thought taxis in america were you know yellow yellow cabs this taxi says black and white and i don't know if that's a reference because it's a black and white film or if that was a joke no 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 Uh, we have black cabs in the states in new york as well okay fair enough i didn't know i don't and also this is remember like 90 years ago so what cabs were were totally different but it just says black and white paint in the face (laughs) <laughs> that's no. not what I fucking meant <laughs> I love that actually, the, I love thing that there's... The, the thing with the gun when he was shooting balloons uh, that was actually another thing that William Powell was just doing on set and he was making people laugh so so Woody just said do that that would be the next scene you can lie there and shoot the balloons and we'll do the scene like that I love that he I love that he breaks a window in his fucking Manhattan apartment and they're just like, whatever. They, yeah. they don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how rich they are. It doesn't even fucking matter. It's amazing. That Christmas, like, a, that Christmas tree offended me though. It was like literally, it was like they got the box of ornaments and just went threw it on. And that was job done. And I was just like, no, it looked like fucking cobwebs all over this Christmas tree. I was not <laughs> it was the depression, that. Ollie. As you can tell from this movie, you it's can still fucking take the time to put a ball ball and some 
like the the ornaments on correctly on the Christmas. Tree. I got to be honest, this was not a take I, mean, I was expecting from you at all. I mean, I know that you know they shot it in twelve days and they rushed it. You know, they could have spent a bit of time on the Christmas tree. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Dragged well, for the Christmas tree. Yeah, really. That was a lot of hate for such a minor element of the movie. Look, Are I'm, he's particular about his tree. I'm very particular. If you listen back to the Christmas episode, I, I will. It's not going to happen. Christmas tree. <laughs> How long did you talk about Christmas trees in the Christmas episode? Uh, probably too long. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so uh... I think the thing as well about like a couple of more quotes about the movie is when uh, he got the book from Hammett, whoever the guy's name is, uh, Dyke gave it to these two writers, uh, Goodrich and Hackett, and they went, they came back to him and said, "Look, we've never written a mystery for the screen before. We don't know how to do this. We don't know how to adapt this book." And Woody was just like, "Look, I don't give, I don't care about the mystery stuff. Just give me five scenes between Nick and Nora, like, and that's all I want. Like, and that's just what they wrote basically. So I think our kind of a misunderstanding of the mystery is exactly baked into that screenplay they weren't they weren't trying to tell that's that's no they clearly didn't care they skipped over (laughs) all that information so quickly in the in the movie uh another let's let's talk about how confusing the movie is let's spend some time on that generally here's another point about that half the characters all look the same as each other yeah right like there's there's like there's like there's two or three or maybe even four Women with short blonde hair who all look the same. <laughs> then there's like well, three there's... women with short brown hair who all look the same. And then there's like three criminal dudes who all look the same. There's one guy I was like, I know that face. Who is that? I was like, you thought it was Peter. You thought it was Peter Laurie, didn't you? No, I was like, I was like, that's there's fucking... no way you recognized that's... him. There's I no knew who it was. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I knew who it was. I can tell that mustache anywhere, even when it's covered in white fucking paint, face paint. What the fuck are you on about? Caesar Romero. Romero. <laughs> Caesar Romero. You know the guy. Yeah, who plays he plays the, the uh, something's boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he plays the ex-wife's boyfriend. Yeah, the inventor's ex-wife's boyfriend is Caesar like Romero. Didn't mustache. Yeah. Okay, I missed that entirely. Well done. I, I found that out after I watched the film and then went back to try and find out who he was in the oh, movie. Oh, okay. No, and, I knew and exactly because of who it was. how confusing this movie was to me, I spent ages flipping through the fucking movie. <laughs> well, because, he, because, again, he looks like, he looks like Everyone two else. other characters. There's, it feels like there's four characters who are carbon copied three times each and, and they're playing I... different roles. It's like a David Lynch thing where it's like different people are playing the same person oh, or some shit. Really? It's so confusing. And yeah. Abwapli was like, wait, she had a she had a boyfriend? Like, I don't remember <laughs> that character. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of relationships were changing quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think when it started, and obviously the, the main guy, well, not the main guy, but the guy who's like, uh, is like an inventor. I thought, is the whole plot going to revolve around something that he's invented or like... I thought, so, I thought, so, I thought, <laughs> I thought so as well. Because he makes a big deal out of it too, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've got some invention... Guy. Like he, he sacks that guy and that guy's guy, just like mate. the guy he fires just like accepts it straight away he's like okay then <laughs> just, but, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be really honest about this mystery well this film okay wow um, be honest. what's a bond <laughs> oh a bond is uh, is money yeah is it like a like a traveler's check and uh <laughs> no it's sort of it's more like a like owning stocks I think yeah, but like in the of, government yeah. okay 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 I never knew. I, I don't. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's money. I know it's. No, it has financial worth, but I didn't know if it was like you have five hundred thousand 
pounds at the bank or something. Yes. Is that, is yeah. it just a check that says that? or Yeah, more or less. I see. A bond represents a promise by a borrower to pay a lender their principal and usually interest on a loan. Shit. That's intense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listeners, that's what's gone missing in this film. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> when, did that, when did that happen? That's right at the beginning. Yeah, He's like, $50, where's my thousand dollars worth of... Yeah, 50000 Oh, right, right, right. And he thinks the ex-wife stole it. Yeah. Well, she has. But she she did? Yeah, she did. She? <laughs> and then she goes... <laughs> half of it. And then she goes, you can have it, but I've, only half of it because I've spent the other half. Well, she gave it to that guy, I guess, the guy that's the main culprit. I don't know. Well, Jesus Christ. Let's spend the next two hours trying to explain this plot I together. Don't know. I've forgotten all of this already. <laughs> the inventor has his bond stolen. He goes okay. to his ex-wife and she says, yeah, I stole them. I spent right. half of them. Right. And he threatens to, unless you give me that half that you spent, I'm going to call the police. And at some point he dies. <laughs> like, <Yeah. and> then... <laughs> no, he goes but... away to work and he's like, I'm not going to be back for several months. And he tells his daughter who's about to get married, you know, she's like, you're going to come to the wedding. He's like, don't worry, I'll be there. So she has like he, a, that's so she has like a party or something, like a Christmas party or get together. And he's supposed to be there, but he doesn't turn up. So they all start getting worried. Like, where is he? What's happened to him? And then, and then at some point, she goes, wife dies. Yeah. So that's, that's when it kicks off the mystery because she, that she's the lead suspect and she gets killed. And this is like 30 minutes in, right? Or more like, when she gets maybe, killed? Maybe, maybe. It takes yeah. it takes a while to get to this. Yeah, yeah. See, I I was never. I, I now, she's I was one never of the. Quite sure the inventor was dead <laughs> until they find she, him. She <laughs> she's one of the 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 dead ex wife is one of the short blonde haired women. Who yeah, all she's look the, the quite same. scary blonde looking one. But there's like three other women yeah, who the, look yeah. exactly two, the same. His two ex wife, well, his ex wife and his current wife or girlfriend, they look very similar. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so an, I feel like there's another one too somewhere Probably. in there. Isn't the wait? Hold on. One of the criminals' girlfriends, who's very funny, and like she has a few scenes where she's really funny. She also looks like that. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 She has the, she has one great line where like the guy, her boyfriend, is some kind of fucking ne'er do well, and she goes, "I don't like thieves, and even if I did, I wouldn't like thieves who snitch, and even if I did, I still wouldn't like you." Which is fucking great. It's a good uh, line. It's such a great line, and she kills it. It's a great close up, um, and it's the only reason I remember it because she nails that one fucking line. And then she comes back for this dinner party like she's a fucking suspect, which is ridiculous because uh, that's the only time we ever see her. Anyway, also looks exactly the same as the dead ex-wife and the current girlfriend, who also had nothing to do with anything. I can't remember. I don't know. I, the I plot is not meant to be followed. It is not meant to be followed. No. <laughs> it just no. Okay, so hold on. What's your favorite plot point then? Hit me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like I do like yeah. the dog. That's not that's not a plot point. <laughs> and that's I not like, a plot point. No, you're I like cheating. Point that's a dog. fucking cheat. No, I like the plot point about the dog that it hides when there's trouble. Oh that's yeah, a that's plot point, again, it? it's not a plot point. No, 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 that's cute. I like that too. That's very cute. Uh, but that doesn't count. You're cheating. I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Uh, my favorite is that the NYPD agrees at the end of the movie to round up totally innocent people and bring them to a random person's house for a dinner party. I love that. I just, 
it's fucking amazing. Wait, fucking no, those yeah. are those are gangsters. Oh, those not the NYPD. Yeah, the NYPD apparently off screen completely <laughs> agrees with Nick Charles. Like Nick Charles must have given them a list of people. Like you need to fucking drag these people against their will to my house for a dinner party so I can reveal the killer. And the NYPD goes, fucking all right. I'll, I'll, I'll just go accost these random citizens and drag them to your fucking house. I love that. That's hilarious. They um they treat they treat Powell in this, Nick Charles, like he is like Sherlock Holmes. And all we ever yeah. see him do is moan about the fact that the mystery's getting in the way of his drinking. Yep, all he does <laughs> is drink the whole time. Was the one line where it's like he goes, I feel terrible, I must have gone to bed sober or something like that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. He get is it when they're both in bed and he and she's complaining that she can't sleep so he's like well have a drink then drink yeah and she's like <laughs> yep. but she's like no I'm not having a drink and he's like well I'll have a drink then and that might help you get to sleep or something like, like when she's got then, a hangover she has one of those like like yeah, proper you know, like yeah things the on top bags. of the head oh that was good I love that. And then they start talking more and he's like, well, if we're not going to go to sleep, I'm going to have a drink. So he gets up to get like a gin to go back to bed with. <laughs> it's the weirdest scene. And then that not that when the gangster breaks in and he punches his wife? That's a, yes. scene, that's a scene in this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is yet another. Every time you guys call me on for one of these things, there is the <laughs> screenwriter or director finding a way to make it heroic to punch a woman in the face. <laughs> Which feels You're really welcome. like, like really like someone's oh, really what, telling on themselves there. What other films have you watched with us? That, that was Streets of Fire was the other one that did this. I can't remember. Streets of Fire. If you recall. <laughs> we didn't have you was on that, for that, but you did watch it. Yeah. Well, didn't what, you watch it on Point Five Speed or was that Krull? That was Krull. No, was I not on for the Streets of Fire episode? No, I forgot cool. about that. I, anyway, you made me watch that movie, and it involved the guy going like... did not like, make you do anything. You decided to, so you could come on the end. Don't of, like, fucking pretend that <laughs> you don't force me to do all of this at gunpoint. You're uh, a livable guest, the third chat. <laughs> that's what that's what we tell everybody outside, so it looks it lo- so it looks like it's a, a good situation, and I'm I'm gonna blink twice, everybody, and that means that this is a hostage <laughs> scenario. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so this is another one where. The uh, our super cool hero thinks the only way I can possibly save this woman in this scenario is to punch her fucking face. I can't think of any other way to deal with this problem right now, which just is pretty ridiculous and not very cool at all. It's played incredibly light handed as well. Incredibly, yeah. Light. yeah, it's fun. It's normal. Yeah. It's just what yeah, you do. I just I feel like he could have done so many different things. Like he could have just pushed her off the bed. Yeah, like why easily, did it why did it need easily. to be a punch it's so weird it's such a weird anyway. choice anyway so that's so ollie's favorite plot point was the bit where he punches his wife that makes <laughs> I sense i forgot that was even i forgot that was even in it like, yeah, like, sure. like i said i watched it three hours ago and it's like it's very it's, quickly... it's just this movie evaporates from your brain yeah like, it does a little it really bit does. I'm I'm surprised at how well loved the movie is because of how much it evaporated off all three of our brains so quickly. Uh, d- despite you know the the two leads being great and they are and they're really funny and they got loads of they great are, lines. Really, there is they are. I think that's why Pete. That's all it is. It really. Well, of course, is. of course it is. But even yeah. with that, it still felt. Uh, I don't know. It, it like it didn't. It didn't. It's. It doesn't stick. I, I couldn't tell you word for word any of the lines that they said right now. For example. And mm-hmm. if 
if they were that good, I feel like I should be able to. There's that I, there's that scene about um that scene. There's those lines about um I heard you were shot in the Tribune, um and that, and she goes oh I heard you she was shot five times in the tabloids, and he goes oh, yeah. that's not true they they didn't come anywhere near my tabloids. <laughs> that's a good line. So, that is a good line. Uh, there were definitely good lines for sure. The screenwriters were a husband and wife pair as well. Did you say that already? Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so that was cute. They're very cute. I'm sure they're very cute. I'm sure they were very cute. I like I like them already. It's um this just about pre-code as well, and you can tell it. The code kind of had started sneaking at this point, but this this film wasn't subject to it. So this wasn't the... as nuts as a lot of other pre-code movies. They do but, sleep in uh, separate no. beds, though. <laughs> they do, but the end is incredibly suggestive. That that end that ending it would not have passed the code. I think. Oh, now hold like, on. What what? How does it end? It ends with um. She says, "Can I sleep on the top bunk with Skippy?" Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. "No, no, 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 no." And he chucks the dog up there, and then he goes, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." And they kiss, and then it yeah, no, that's to the good. dog. It covers his eyes up because they're, yeah, they're that was that, that was yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they? They're married. It makes sense. We should talk about Skippy. You know, Skippy's like the most famous like acting dog ever. Like, I found that out an hour ago when I opened the Wikipedia about this movie. 13 films he did together i love the press release about him you can like you can hear it in the tone of the 30s when they're like um should i read it it's very long was he in no, the in the sequels as well yeah he was Probably. in all of them he was in all the movies he was uh, by the end of like just after this movie he was getting 200 dollars a week for like <laughs> for pictures whereas his agent was getting like 60 like his handler sounds like fuck the out. Dog. not as much um, as the fox though from our prodigy videos <laughs> thousand pounds for a day not even a day like a couple of hours anyway was that how much it cost yeah thousand pounds for that fucking fox <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, yeah but it, it was I think a fox 200 pounds a week is like that's more than that. That's more than a thousand now, probably. That's a lot of money oh, back yeah, in nineteen thirty-four. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was in. He's in bringing up baby as well, which I think. Yeah. Is on our list, I think. I think we're getting to that one. I always forget what we've got on our list. Are, are you going to watch um, bringing up baby? I think so. I think it's on our list. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So we'll we'll see we'll see Skippy again. <laughs> the you will. Dog. Apparently, his popularity blew up. It, like, why are fox terriers in the US? They made it a really popular dog to buy and stuff like that. So it's just incredible, like flow of how these movies change, why what people buy and what people are influenced by, even like breeds of dogs and stuff. He was huge. That the Skippy the dog was, and I th- and as you watch the posters and you see the billing and stuff like that, he and the adverts for it, the trailers and stuff, he gets a bigger and bigger role in those like sequels really um Makes like sense. a bigger kind of presentation and selling he becomes more and more about the dog so it's, it's yeah <laughs> we're talking about i don't think the mystery plays a big role going forward either it's just about these characters and about the dog about them them being funny and the dog goofing and about the dog being there the, as well i tell you what yeah. that dog had a good innings he died at age 20 20 years old for a dog well, it's pretty that's odd. pretty good it's pretty good it's, it's the money Rich, rich. I love how yeah. I, I love, it's on the dog's Wikipedia page. It has years active, which makes me laugh. <laughs> Beautiful. He, he got to retire for ten years, so so you know, you know, had a nice like nine year career, and then just got to enjoy the rest of his time. He did. He did. Like so, okay. How 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 did he? I'm trying to remember how he figured out who to bring to his dinner party at the end. Now. 
I don't and think they ever I can't, into that. They, he does, but like I can't even remember the connections anymore as to why anybody was a suspect. Because <laughs> it was so, so hard. Anyway, they that's that. They find the body. Well, the dog finds the body in the lab, buried under the concrete. No, this is the, hold on, that's the one bit where he does do detecting. Yeah, but it's the dog who finds the body. Yeah, the dog does the work. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they dig up the body and they think it belongs to someone else. Um, yes, because cause they the... put fat clothes and he's not fat, he's thin. It's right in the title. <laughs> it's in the yep. title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason why he knows it's him, because he knew that he got shrapnel in the knee from yes. the war or something yes, like so that. Yes, so they x-ray his bones and they find shrapnel in his Why he doesn't like, decide ah. to tell the police this information? He's like, no, I'm just going to keep it all to myself. And then make you drag citizens to a dinner party. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than tell you this. So he invites everyone in the neighborhood to come round. I don't sure. Yeah, I don't know. It was like anyone with even a tenuous connection to what was going on. But as yeah. as we've as we've talked about at length, it's so difficult for a viewer 90 years in the future to try and follow this sort of movie that we don't remember why any of these people were connected. I want to talk about the NYPD for a second. The head uh, detective had the biggest face I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and looked like an actual Dick Tracy character. Remember that, that guy? That? Yes. Yes. It's fucking like enormous. Giant, giant chin as well. Is that guy? His face looked like it could kill a man. Like like if you hit if he hit someone with his face, it felt like it would weigh like a ton, like it was made of steel. <laughs> well look at this. Apparently isn't he, uh, is he the wrestler? Is that? Uh, what, I, that he looks like he was a wrestler. No, he was. He was the head of the the head of the NYPD. Yeah, the actor I think was a wrestler before he became an actor. Yeah, he must have so. been. Yeah, that's why he's got a big face. Oh, he's fucking huge. Oh yeah, he was an American Olympic wrestler. Well, look at that. <laughs> what a big fucking dude. Anyway, I thought his face was hilarious because it was so big. It was terrifying. If he told me, to be fair, if someone with a face like that told me to come to a dinner party, I would just say yes. Like, yeah. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue with him. I I don't trust the NYPD. <laughs> no, this, well, this movie makes me trust them less because their methods are really poor in this movie. Okay, so talking about how popular this movie is for a second here, actually. Uh, oh, my God, I lost what I was doing. I'm on the Wikipedia. Uh, Roger Ebert put it on his list of great movies. Uh, Akira Kurosawa called it one of his favorite movies. It's insane. It's yeah, insane that's that's. Uh, if I was Akira Kurosawa, my favorite films would be Akira Kurosawa movies. Uh, yeah, he liked old American movies. Um, oh, no. I've never heard this one before. It was the third. The Thin Man was number thirty-two on the first edition of the AFI's best hundred best American movies, which is insane. That's actually insane. Yeah, that I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm just gonna say bullshit. I, I, on that I'm one. sounding negative on it now, but I enjoyed watching it. it. I just no, it's a, it is a good movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but uh, because of what we what I just said here, yeah, yeah. I was expecting a little bit more from it. I guess so. I think I my expectations were a bit high. More of a mystery, more of a. They, I mean, the mystery's there. It's just it's impossible for you to like. I was kind of expecting it. to to laugh more. I was expecting to some of those lines to. Hit to hit me a bit, a bit, a, a bit harder, and there were definitely some good ones in there. Don't get me wrong; we've we cited a few, but it it didn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would take another viewing. I haven't seen a movie this old in a while, so they have a different 
different like a whole different pace to them that you have to get used to uh so i don't know i I, for me it suffered and this is really normal for movies from the early 30s from being an early sound movie yes um which doesn't bother me that much because i've seen loads of them but it definitely had that feel of being really a bit stifled and awkward and you know sorry go ahead no no No, it's cool though that i actually had uh, like uh hang on is it diegetic music which is which is the one where it's like played over the top as opposed to being within the scene itself which is it uh you, almost undead but i think non digest means score yeah but it actually has some score in it and like it has some like little montage you know it's got the newspaper montage bits where it's kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. such and such yeah, yeah. has been murdered or killed is the killer it's kind of got some like montage with some nice overlays and like transitions and stuff which i thought was, was pretty cool and they did a good job with those rachel Cohn and david levithan named their lead characters in the 2008 film nick and nora's infinite playlist as a homage to the characters oh, in the well, there we go there you go officially <laughs> <Yeah>. wikipedia <laughs> going back to our shitty joke from earlier on <laughs> yeah, yeah well it wasn't a shitty joke well, we it had wasn't, it nailed. No. yeah we were right you can edit this part out and just be like we got it <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite like that film. I've never seen that, but uh, it's not going to be called the 35th best movie ever at any point, is it? 36th. Whatever the fuck. Legendary filmmaker Kira Kurosawa is never going to call Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist one of his favorite movies. Well, I mean, you know. For a couple of of different reasons. I think he died before he would have loved Nick and Nora. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Also, this movie was shot by James Wong Howe. Uh, legendary cinematographer James Wong Howe, uh, and it didn't uh, didn't look that good. <laughs> <laughs> like it, well, it mean, looked it looked it looked okay. To be fair though, if you if you're working with a director that's happy with like the master wide shot and like that's it, then you're you're going to be quite limited with what you can do. And it, like if he's happy to just rush through it, like. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's James Wong so was sh- still trying to like set up a light, and <laughs> was like, "Nope, we're done. we're done for the day." <laughs> yeah. yeah, pick yeah. up that gun. Again, fire those balloons there. There we go. Again, <laughs> didn't didn't look bad. Didn't look bad, but didn't quite have the the sex appeal of later sort of more film noir stuff that he does and and things like that. So that's too bad. <laughs> we could have done this one for Christmas, thinking about it. I it does have a Christmas. It is a, it is a Christmas movie. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, all the three big parties they they do Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then New Year's Eve. I think this is at least as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard or whatever, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. It's actually yeah. like quite explicitly in it that it's a Christmas movie because he's angry at the fact that they're interrupting his Christmas with this. I, I liked actually. You know what? Uh, no, hold on. I've been too negative. I'm going to be positive now. I don't know why I'm being negative. I liked the Christmas party scene. That that was a good at, scene where you got some at his. Movies. Yeah, in his apartment. Yeah. Or in Nick and Nora's apartment, uh, that was really funny. They kept uh, the blocking was good. They kept going into side rooms with different characters, yes. having different little yeah. breakdowns. Uh, well, that's where co- the characters would come in and kind of like the the daughter comes in and like for some reason confesses to murdering the thin man, and then he was like, "Well, it couldn't have been you because he was found face down as opposed to on his back." And yeah, whatever it is, yeah, makes amount of bullets and blah blah blah. And then I think the mom, the wife comes in or the xy i can't remember <laughs> every time you try and describe a scene you just get lost in the fact that i can't quite remember the characters yeah in this. and then he's like I his th- wife kept popping in and he kept like rolling his eyes or shrugging and women a eh? 
The Christmas <laughs> part is the one when she's like, "What's this man doing in my drawers?" Right? Yeah. So it's got that, like I was saying, it's got some good lines in it. Like I think there's one where he he keeps referring to like his tabloids, which I'm not sure if he's like referring to his like male genitalia or something. The way he kind of <laughs> definitely like, is, and like referring to women's jaws and things like that. Oh, uh, Rosalie's favorite character was the guy in the Christmas party who kept crying trying to call his mother in San Francisco on the phone. Oh, he's yes. good. Yeah, yes. she was like, "Oh, ma, I'm sorry, ma." He keeps screaming down the phone, just out of nowhere. We never find out who this man is or why he wants to speak or to his mother said, on Christmas. Yeah. yeah, we don't know his name. We don't know why he's there. Uh, but yeah, he's very funny. It's fun. I just the drinking to me is fun in this. I like how it isn't like presented <laughs> as a kink in their marriage, though. It's not a problem. They're not drinking because they hate each other. They're drinking because it's just a social lubricant and it's fun. Like, and uh, he's he is drinking because he has a legitimate problem. <laughs> I mean, I mean that. But I just mean it's not presented like I like it that they're presented as like a married couple that still have sex, that still love each other. Well, they're not like they're they're newly they're newlyweds. They're newlyweds. They're newlyweds, but it's they're still married. A lot of times in movies yeah, like yeah. you get married at the end of the film. Like it's it's quite yeah. fun to them being married at the beginning and then still to be kind of in love with each other. Yeah, they're, they're totally sexy. They're, I know they're nineteen thirties in love with each other, but they are in love with each other and you can tell that. And I like that flow of it. There was a lot so, I did like about this movie. Like with, yeah, with Negative, I liked. I like. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> let's talk about their relationship because that is well, obviously you know, a positive. We, talk, we talked about the, the Christmas scene where like he gets his present. And he's like he's got like the the gun. And he's shooting it around like the way he's shooting it like in between his legs or like using a mirror to kind of like aim the Christmas tree behind him and stuff like that. And obviously, he's Nora gives him that as a gift. She then says like, "Oh, I love my gift, my necklace, and blah 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 blah." And he's like, "What necklace? I don't remember getting you a necklace." It's like, are we meant to believe that she just went out and bought her own Christmas presents, or no? He's, I think he's just pretending. Oh, I think okay. he's just pretending, like he's just goofing about. I think that was how I took it. Fair I took it to if he was that as well, yeah. or if he was that drunk, he didn't remember what he bought. I liked in the shooting in the. It's like an air gun that shoots little like metal pellets. Yeah. I like that. So there's balloons on the Christmas tree, which I guess must have been normal in the 30s. Uh, I told you this balloon. Christmas tree is absolute bullshit. Anyway. Listen, we've we've heard, uh, but he. <laughs> He shoots the balloons, and that's what he's aiming at is the balloons. And when he shoots a balloon, the balloon pops, and everything's happy, and everything's good. When he misses a balloon, like by an inch, it goes through the window. Now, my friends, what I want to ask is, how did the balloon stop the bullet from hitting the window that was just behind it? In the first place, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good question. As I I feel like that wouldn't work. (laughs) Anyway, I'm calling into question the physics. That is that's on Cinema Sins. That's a goof on the IMDb page. Oh, right there. I fucking I fucking movie. got you, Thin Man. Got you, Thin Man. Take that, Woody. If you'd have more than one shot, you would have got that. If you thought about this movie for two seconds and stopped drinking for a minute, you would have fucking realized that. Anyway, uh, no. There's a bit about their relationship. There's there's because they their whole relationship is sort of kind of. Um, flirting and sort of pretending they don't really care about each other, but yeah, definitely yeah. actually caring like, about each other. Taking the piss out of each other, then she turns around and kind of gives him a suggestive wink or whatever. And yeah, like, it's very, very cute. And there's the yeah. one bit where it's going to get dangerous, potentially, when he says he's going to investigate and like go to this place uh, in, in person for realsies. And he tells her to fuck off somewhere. And uh, and she's getting nervous, and he's like, "Why are you nervous? What I thought you didn't like me." And he's and she goes something like, "It's not that I like you; it's just that I'm used to you." Oh, but she yeah, says it in a really good line. but she yeah. says it in such a way that what she really means is, "I love you," and it's very clear that that's yeah. what she means, and it's really adorable and lovely. 
and her performance is great and it's a good bit of script and I liked it a lot. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Myrna Loy at all from other movies? Because I, 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 I would like to be familiar with Myrna Loy. I'll tell you that right now. Is she in Henry VIII? Is that what I might have seen her in? I can't remember. Uh, she's from Montana. Can you fucking believe that? Oh, Nobody's yeah. from Montana. <laughs> Back in the day, people were from Montana. <laughs> Nobody. I've never heard of a fucking person from Montana. There's 20 people there. She died in 1990 motherfucking three. Insane. Incredible. She, incredible. Incredible. Legacy. Four husbands who all died way before her. She killed them. Brandon, I just looked at famous people from Montana. Here Fuck you off. You've got Dirk Benedict, Robert Bray, Dana Carvey. These Harold are made O'Connor, up. Gary Cooper. Dana Carvey's fucking Canadian. Get the fuck out of here. Patrick Duffy. Not real. Jesse Tyler Ferguson and... Not Moira, a person. Moira Loy. The, see, see she's the only Loy. real one. She's the only yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Go to her Wikipedia. There's a picture of her and her brother from like 1911 that is... She is incredible. I mean, she's she's fucking gorgeous. She's absolutely like, gorgeous. She like problem. She's like problematically good looking. <laughs> <laughs> like you shouldn't. That shouldn't be allowed. She was uh, never nominated for an Oscar because the Oscar fuck the Oscars. Um, but so like, are they going to give the, they'll nominate Avatar about hundred years later? So you know, it's, it's <laughs> too late. Myrna Loy's not in Avatar, Ali. Oh, yeah. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> She should be. I think she'd be. She good. should be. She she'd be like a great. Sigourney, Sigourney, Sigourney's doing now. She can play like a teenager. I was going to say, if Sigourney Weaver can play like a thirteen-year-old child in it, yeah, then I don't see why. God. Everybody, stop! What are you saying? <laughs> you haven't seen Avatar. Have you? I haven't seen it. I just know about it. Sigourney I haven't Weaver's seen playing a teenager in Way of Water. Why? Why is not what? a question we ask. <laughs> why? Ask what, what no, hold do? on. What's no, 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 Holly, stop talking. Stop talking. Hold on. I watched the first 45 minutes of the first Avatar before I got bored, and she was playing her own age. Yeah. Well, she dies okay. in spoilers. She dies in Avatar. No. Well, how is she? <laughs> wait, no, how is she a teenager? What the fuck? Because they playing kind a new of character they, in this. Well, I thought they'd bury her next to that fucking tree that, like, they're all connected to. And well, that. She plays, she's playing a new character in this, but she is um, canically the daughter of Sigourney Weaver's avatar from the first movie. Oh, okay. So she got a bit free. Is she too. playing a teenage alien? Yeah, she's playing a teenage Navi. Yeah. And this is nominated for Best Picture of the Year. <laughs> she she is really fucking good in Avatar. How's, how's Sigourney I'm, Weaver like, is always good. I will never say one bad word about Sigourney she's Weaver. She's really, really good. I actually was kind of blown away by her performance in do Avatar. They do if they the... nominated her for like Best Supporting, it wouldn't be a wrong choice. Like She's really good. <laughs> do they do sit with her voice or anything? Because, you know, she's a 70-year-old lady. I don't think like... they do. I don't think they do. I've, I've, I think I've looked that up and she said it was just all her. Maybe they do pitch or something, but... She's really good. It's a fucking crazy fucking decision, and she's doing all the fucking twenty-minute hold your breath bullshit as well. Like as a seventy-year-old woman, like it's incredible performance. She's the best. I love Sigourney Weaver. But anyway, Myrna Loy, a lot like Sigourney Weaver, tall and hot. Tall and hot. There you go. (laughs) Two of the best things to be. Bringing it back. (laughs) Bringing it back round. She was also in Mr. Blanding's Build His Dream House. I don't think I know that. It's uh, it's another comedy from the 40s that's fun. And to be fair, Cary the thing Grant's is, in it. 
her and um it's her and William Power in like 13 movies together as couples. I think the first one they were in was Manhattan Melodrama. Oh, which, oh right, she was in the best years of our lives, which was, was the year before this. So, like really these two actors stuck to each other throughout most of their career, most of the 30s and 40s anyway. Um mm. she was in I, Airport I think, 1975, which I think is what Airplane's based on, isn't it? I think. <laughs> I, th- I believe so. Yeah. What a what a career. She's very good in this movie. The leads are really good in this movie. They are. They are. They're great. I can totally understand why there would be loads of sequels. If if this movie came out today, I would definitely say I want sequels with those two being funny. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Totally. Same as yeah. Dives Out or same as like the new um, Fetch, Fetch, Fletch movie. Hey, that kind of thing, like, yeah. She, she did totally win an Academy Award. She got an honorary Academy award apparently yeah she oh, like never a got nominated for one but she got like the governors yeah, yeah. because they realized they fucked up by never nominating <laughs> right whereas he was nominated for three i think because he got one for thin man this was nominated for four oscars as well if okay. we haven't mentioned that like no one of them being best picture but what was it up against in 1934 that is a question <laughs> that is a question i'm gonna find out hold on Oh, how do I do that? Oh, God, I can't remember. You guys talk. I'll figure that out. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, so it's 1934. So it's up against uh, The White Parade. Don't know uh, it. Viva Villa. Don't know it. Uh, one Night of Love. Don't know it. Imitation of Life, which isn't the one I thought it was. <laughs> Is that not the Douglas Sirk movie? No. No. There's, what? Okay. No, I think they're both based on the same book. Right, okay. Uh, the House of Rothschild. Right? Here comes the that Navy. sounds interesting. Uh, sorry, what was the next one? Here comes the Navy. What the fuck year was this? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the Gay Divorcee. I Ginger love it. Rogers in. I know that one. <laughs> Flirtation Walk. Okay. Uh, Cleopatra. Yeah. Uh, the Barrels of Wimple Street. <laughs> the Barrels yes! of Wimple Street. Yes! That's my jam right there. <laughs> and the winner, uh, It Happened yeah. One Night. With uh, now, It Happened One Night is a fucking jam. It is. In fact, for me, It Happened One Night is what this movie, like, I was expecting. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. 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 Best uh, I, I, as well, didn't he, that year? So he got Best Director and like that cleaned up i think that film pretty much yeah it happened one night cleaned up 100 yeah. percent, and you can and tell because there was no competition actress, except best for this actor week. outstanding production i fucking love it happened one night and and i guess that's the level of best enjoyment that i was expecting to get because they're similar films they are in there in is tone. a big difference between them and it is frank capra <laughs> like, yeah yeah i do maybe, love frank capra who maybe if he did this it would have a different feel to it i feel i'm feeling so negative to this film that i did enjoy it's just it's just so funny how it evaporates out of your head so, as soon as i watched the scene so best director there was only two nominees for the best director for real any, any, no three sorry three, three, three you don't want to get those directors to get a big head yeah it's true no no Nuts. yeah okay and only three for actor as well so i don't know the year 1934 very well at all well neither do i <laughs> yeah that's that's a problem. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Sure. I don't know. I like I like to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice. <laughs> Hold on. Nice. I've seen The oh. Man Who Knew Too Much. No, I've seen some of these movies. 
uh i've seen latalante uh oh, which isn't yeah. which also is not as good as i was expecting <laughs> so there you go that's about that's about the end of it actually yeah, I don't. Nineteen thirty four is a fucking black hole for me. To be honest, it's a black hole for me. I was just there you looking go. it up. Yeah, it really is. I've seen the black cat. All right, I'll oh, check that out. Babes in Toyland. <laughs> oh, I've I've definitely seen Babes in Toyland as well. Actually, <laughs> oh, I've seen Dames. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch uh, a story of floating weeds. I've been meaning to watch that for years. Some early Atlanta, actually, that's been on my list since Society and Sounds. That's an, that's an interesting <laughs> interesting picture. Uh, I went on I went on a quick marathon of that guy's movies whose name I've already forgotten. Uh, he only did, yeah, uh, who died very young and only made three movies. Uh, go ahead, Ollie. On the sixteenth of April, a film came out called Tarzan and His Mate. <laughs> so, Hell yeah, it just makes me laugh. Yeah, and man, Tarzan's mate. got a mate. He's, He's mate. got a mate. He's got to fuck that mate. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, La La Lante is pretty good. Uh, again, it, 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 I, I would say keep your expectations down from like, this is one of the best movies ever. Sure. Uh, it just wasn't helpful for me. Because <laughs> it, made, it made me feel like, no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. But it's still pretty good. Uh, there you go. So what we've learned today is that we all need to watch more movies from 1934. Oh, shit. 1934 movie, Death Takes a Holiday. Oh, I don't know, know that, that at all. Uh, that what got that? remade as famously got remade by um, Meet Joe Black with Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, I, uh, so I've got to um, watch the original now. <laughs> the only yeah, reason yeah, why I'm... that film was a success was because I think the Phantom Menace trailer was on that and that's everyone went to go and see that and then just left. Every single person in the world. Yeah. Wanted to see the fan minister. There's a movie from 1934 called Three Songs About Lenin, which I'm really excited to see now. I'd watch Three Songs About Lenin. The cast includes Joseph Stalin and Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's directed by Ziga Vertov, of course. That okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same guy that did Man with the Movie Camera. You know that one? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is one of his later, later films nice. called Three Songs About Lenin, which I've never heard of. So I'm gonna. I'm always down for a bit of communist propaganda. That's always fun. I feel okay. like I feel like we've naturally reached the end of this. Yeah, I have I literally think... nothing else to say about it. And like he's like you I... said, I don't. It's not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. It's just just kind of washes over you and. It's very hard to talk about. It feels like you know, yeah, it's it's, it, I it's enjoyable it's po- while you watch it, but it's pointless to sit here and just like recreate lines and scenes which is really all this movie is yeah but. yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's not i mean did like was this influential at the time was this, did this like spearhead other films that they're like oh we've got to make more you know did it start like a trajectory of films like this or i mean well, it I only had like five sequels or whatever so no, yeah. apart five from sequels the sequels but like, Five sequels is a lot. I mean, yeah. like when you talk about franchise filmmaking, it wasn't a big thing back then. Really, the only, the only franchises universe. that came out were the horror films. You know, the the Universal films were the. Well, big to be honest, I mean, this is I'm I'm quickly going back to 1933 and 32 just to check my math here, but it feels like 1934 is the birth of the screwball comedy. Yeah, and possibly. it's it's it happened one night happened and one this night movie and this yeah yeah and and so that yeah definitely. 
super influential in I, that sense. Like I could imagine the Coens doing like a version of this. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, They're kind of. I do. think I I don't I don't want to over egg this, but it was a huge movie. It was very popular, and the idea of these two married couple kind of like getting along taking the piss out of each other and bumbling through like a, an investigation if that's you know what spawned the sequels it probably did spawn a quite flow of like different movies yes. that took that same effect with it. Um, there's literally not not one popular like screwball comedy before, before this and it happened one night yeah i can see that being an absolute yeah. product of this i know yeah. like um you know stuff like in comics the elongated man he was based on these characters the thin man really um, okay that was the joke obviously that's why he's elongated man and that's why it was him and his wife sue were like the investigators uh, who who kind of went went to investigate stuff but with superpowers and they were funny kind of comedy married couple who loved each other like it was definitely it based link, on it, these characters was it elongated man's wife who was murdered in Yes. Yes. So take it right down to that. That was good. That was a good story, though. That was. It was, but it was a bummer to kill like the lovable kind of married couple and yeah. make elongated man into a big grump. Like... No fucking idea what you two are talking about. Right I now. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind I of what. Take it to comics at some point. What was the What was the story arc called? I can't remember now. Uh, it was called The Thin crisis. Man, The End. What's that? <laughs> it's called Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis, yeah. Was it. <laughs> it was good. Wow. And now I've it, learned that. Whatever. I stopped listening, actually, so I didn't learn that. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've had we've had our normal details of we had Batman in this fucking episode still because <laughs> of yep. Cesar Romero. Romero yep. <laughs> oh, right. Fuck. God damn it. Well done. Oh, and Ollie mentioned Star Wars too, didn't he? Did God I? Damn it. When did I yeah, you mentioned the fucking Phantom Menace because fucking yeah, Meet Joe Black know. came out. <laughs> you can't fucking stop yourself, can you? <laughs> That's amazing. I have a problem. I, I yeah, it's okay. We love you anyway. No worries. On on that note. Yeah. On that note, we love everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Brandon. It's been a pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. My um, pleasure. What are we talking about next time, Lena? Uh, I think we're talking about a film from 1935. <laughs> that, yeah. you, that movie. I think this 30s series has lasted longer than the actual 30s lasted, I think. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a movie Brandon doesn't like. So that's, Okay. But Hit this me. movie is directed by Joseph von Sternberg. It stars okay. Marlene Dietrich. And it's the no, I like these women. Oh, no, that, that one was okay. <laughs> See <laughs> what film? No, I, I love. I I do like Joseph von Sternberg. Oh, what uh, I have I have a I have a bad history with this particular film. I honestly uh, don't know what are we watching. The devil is a woman. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. Starring the absolutely. Uh, yeah, I actually I actually. F- oh yeah, she's incredible. I love her. Uh, if you don't like Marlena Dietrich, you're a bad person. And guess who's also in this movie? You are not going to fucking believe it. Caesar Romero. Adam Caesar Wayne. fucking Romero is in the Devil Is a Woman. <laughs> Really? Amazing. Yep, I'm looking right at it right now. Oh, and welcome yeah. to our new series where we do Caesar Romero <laughs> movies. <laughs> I actually uh, failed introduction to film in part because of this movie. Really? Yes, and fi- I failed my first film class in film school uh, in part because of The Devil is a Woman and the book it is based off of. And Louis Bunuel did a- another adaptation of the same book 
called something else uh, that I can't remember right now. And uh, and that's that story. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, on that note... <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's so why that... I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think that about wraps it up. Um, thanks for listening. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on whatever you listen to us on. Be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Apple Music, whatever it's called nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Adjust Your Tracking. That's with a Y, not a your. And yeah, don't forget, if the pitch is bad, always adjust your tracking. <laughs>